Hello, welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we'll talk with Margaret Kosich, Fairfax County Public Library's Director of Technology, Maker Events at the library. And if you were like me, when you first heard that, Maker Events, you're going, what? It's like jewelry making, button making, coding, 3D printing, that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay, so wonderful. Sounds like an interesting topic. So, Margaret, thanks for being with us. No problem. I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, the, the term maker movement makes a lot of people feel like they're not part of it. Right. But the fact of the matter is it's all the stuff that you do on your own. Okay. It's just that recently the term has sprung up because it's associating a certain kind of um, – coding and hacking and mm. tinkering with existing technology. Okay. But frankly, every kid out there has always been a maker and library programs have already been always been very deeply based in arts and crafts, doing something for yourself, okay. Okay. transfer of knowledge. It's just that now the technologies we're using to do this in the public library have caught the public interest. Mm. You know, so we have um, the public library has a suite of hardware that circulates from branch to branch so okay. that people can uh, use a 3D printer for a program oh, wow. at one branch. Cool. Yeah. And then a couple days later, it could be at another branch okay. for another okay. program. Right. And so we're hoping to spend the county's money wisely in exposing a sure. lot of people to things they may not have access to themselves. Okay. Very rich, but very diverse yeah. county. So when we, when, we, when we say maker events, kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a new term, I'm, I'm thinking maybe a lot of us have seen the shows on all the different channels, the do-it-yourself kind of stuff. Right. So, so exactly. is that some of what we're talking about? It's very, it's very much part of what we're talking okay. about. In fact, library events are very inclusive around the maker movement. We have, um, we invite woodworkers and we had a program for Knit Around the World Day, which was June 10th, for right. instance. And right. these are all under the same big umbrella. Okay. Um, the intent being to learn by doing. Mm. to learn with hands-on, and to um, we have a program coming up at one of our branches this summer, which is computer reconstruction. Oh, my gosh. Where we just put out the call, we ask people to donate dead computer right. hardware, and the kids are going to have safety goggles. Tear it apart. And, and they're going to tear it apart and see how it works. Wow. Um, and it's incredibly popular. Yeah. I Not bet. only does everyone in the world have dead electronics, of <laughs> course, but, um, you know, a lot of us have family members that took apart the dead laptop right. or wanted to see what it looked like when the garbage disposal was taken out. And, you know, that's the um, organic basis mm. of teaching kids STEM skills, mm. letting them tinker, letting them see what happens. STEM, what does that mean? Um, the acronym originally came up as science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. And it's got sort of a sub-flavor now of STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Oh, okay. But these are all the same skills. This okay. is putting your hands on something and doing something with it that hasn't been done before. Okay. What would you say to the person and, and you can say that to Jim Person, because that's me. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> that, that is not a maker. All this stuff we're talking about, I have no ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Jewelry making, button making, woodworking, coding, taking a computer apart. I'd be like, oh, no. Is there something I can do? Can I get involved? I mean, Absolutely. How, how, would you, how would you air quote sell it to me? Oh, it's, um, well, I'd make the point that the library is one of the last free places in the world, and we are dedicated to providing these services to everybody. So the money barrier entry to this is 
nothing. That's so yeah. anybody can come to any program at any library and, um, you know, check the web page and make sure you register first because some of these are super popular. But essentially it's following what you're interested in. You know, perhaps you want to learn to knit and you're, you've never knitted before. If it's a learn to knit program, they're going to be prepared for the beginner. And our programs are all tagged with the age group. So you mm. know whether it's aimed at adults or aimed at children. Mm. And if they say all ages, they genuinely mean all ages. Right. So, And our librarians work really hard to find the right branches, the right times of day, the right days of the week to bring people in. So mm. frankly, I'd encourage anybody who looks at these programs to feel welcome anywhere because they will be. Mm. Yeah. How did this... Um, I, I know you mentioned the uh, library has had a long tradition and history of offering programs and doing this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. it, has this just naturally kind of progressed as this movement, as you call it, this maker movement has, has grown? Or is it something that you've the library has really focused on and said, hey, this is an area that we should expand or, or, or make bigger or whatever? Well, it's as if we've always done it. And mm. now the larger world is, <laughs> is, dri- is caught up. Yeah, thank you. Um, and they're also kind of driving us, which is interesting, too, mm, because going they're, around you around. know, the Fairfax County Public Library, we're surrounded by lots of other jurisdictions and lots of other library systems. Mm. And we have colleagues and residents who work in one and live in another and this kind of thing. And so there's been some fascinating cross-pollination going on mm. because the customers are asking for things which are encouraging us to do more of what we already did, right. if that makes sense. No, it does. It's like a, t- it's like a two-way process. And then we start so offering more of this, then somebody says, well, how about this? And what then about like, that? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Anyone who looks at our summer reading program free events, which is our free monthly newsletter, sees that we have a phenomenal range of stuff going on mm-hmm. from the um, Scratch programming for kids. Scratch is a programming language that was written at MIT. It was intended to teach children how to program. And in the last year, the public libraries have started offering Scratch programs, which are very, very popular. Um, One branch has offered Scratch story time. Where the kids, yeah, you know, have a yeah. little bit of reading and then yeah. they do a little bit of action on their little iPad that we provide. Yeah. Um, I would like to emphasize that when we offer these programs, we provide the hardware. Oh, wow. We have, if you're going to take an Excel class at a branch, we have a laptop for you to learn on. If you're going to take wow. Scratch story time, we have an iPad that you can use. Wow. So I don't want any anyone who's listening to feel like their lack mm-hmm. of hardware is a disadvantage. Okay. And then let me ask you one other question that that may be a barrier or it may not. I don't know. Do you have to be a Fairfax County resident to you, take advantage of you the? You do not to okay. take to wow. attend these programs. Wow. There's no. Wow. And you don't have to have a library card, though we would dearly love you to okay. have a library card. <laughs> you can get a library card the first time you come to. Fall. That's right, <laughs> and a li- you can get a library card online. You can get a card for free. We wow. try to make it easy. Very easy. So, the term maker event, I kind of. I kind of get that when we're talking about, like I said, you know, button making or, you know, Mm -hmm. woodworking, jewelry making. I'm having a little hard time transitioning that in my mind, maker event with coding. Mm -hmm. Although I guess I can make the connection if I'm coding something, I may be making a website or whatever. Exactly. You're making something from scratch. Or with the scratch story times, you're making the, the kitten meow. You know, that's that you're making a kitten meow in the scratch program. One of the things that they do is they do a tiny, very simple piece of uh, computer coding that makes the cat say meow. Oh, my gosh. And the cats, uh, the the cats, (laughs) the kids sort of cheer and giggle when it happens because they've put something together and now it works. And And so, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I think is new in the larger environment, because 
the writing code is a gift. And I, I think wish it's that's an something, art. something I had learned earlier. It's an I, mean, art I still form. don't know it. But it's not too late, man. It's well, not too late. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Teaching old dog new tricks, if you will. <laughs> but I think the um, the fact that we are also dependent on our hardware, and our hardware is dependent on software now, mm. means that the ability to solve a problem using a certain kind of language is right. highly creative. Mm-hmm. And anybody can learn at any age, but just like a five-year-old can learn a foreign language faster, a five-year-old can learn to code much faster than you or I. That's so incredible. we want to we get out there. Right. We want to get those kids. Right. Um, I wanted to highlight, if you don't mind, no, a, a program that I'm particularly interested in and proud of. Um, we have recently formed a partnership with an organization called Girls Who Code. Mm. And Girls Who Code uh, is intended to teach young women um, between grades 6 and 12 the skills that are required in order to do some real but basic coding. Mm. And so it's a 12 to 16 week program. We just finished our first cohort at the Kingstown Library. And um, we had 20 young women from all over the community. Uh, You asked a question earlier, Jim, about whether you have to be a county resident. We had young women come from Prince George's County Mm. to attend this program. And for 15 Thursday nights, these young women met with women who had volunteered to teach them who all work in technical professions. Mm. And these young women identified a project they wanted to do and wrote a web page themselves. Mm-hmm. Soup to nuts. Wow. With They had mentors in the room, but the young women did the work. Right. And it was tremendously popular. It was oversubscribed. You know, uh, I was particularly proud. Sounds like there needs to be more of them. Then. Exactly. <laughs> and I was going to point out that we're going to have three more in the fall at wow. three different branches. Cool. Um, fall of 2017, we're going to have a program again at the Kingstown Library in Alexandria, plus one at the Oakton Library in Oakton, and the third at the Woodrow Wilson Library in Falls Church. Right. So okay. um, we're expanding and we're excited to be part of this. Um, community interest has been huge. Yeah. And um, what happens is that as soon as you're approved as a site with the Girls Who Code organization, oh, okay. they put you up on their website uh, as a member organization, right. and then the inquiries start Ooh, coming wow. in. Exactly. Wow. So we're we're really proud, and it's kind of hit that sweet spot because we love bringing young people into the library. Mm-hmm. We love um, learning things ourselves, and it's done all those things. Well, and that's uh, getting more uh, young women into this field mm-hmm. has kind of been uh, something that's been talked about over the last it's several years, a kind of, a, as you said, an important issue. So it is, it sounds, is very sounds important. Like a great program. Well, and the, the women who volunteer to teach these groups are, um, you know, one woman who's teaching right now at Kingstown is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they work in Banks. They work. One of them works at National Public Radio. One of them works at a big consulting firm in town. These are women who are using the skills that they're teaching to do jobs. These young women can right. see themselves doing, right. and so it's it's just very rich in a bunch very of different ways. Yeah. yeah. So that that sounds like a very popular program. Yes. Are there others that kind of rise to the top that seem to be, you know, annual favorites or ones that are mm-hmm. that are most popular? Um, last summer was the first year that Fairfax County Public Library sponsored a maker camp. And a maker camp is based on a concept from a, you may be familiar with the magazine Make, which is a, a sort of a, a brand of the maker movement, but one of many brands. Mm. And Make Magazine uh, provides syllabuses and information for you to have a maker camp at your own site, at a school or a public library. And so kids between 8 and 12 come in um, over the course of several days in a row and do activities that encourage them to think. 
encourage mm. them to problem solve. And they're in a variety of formats. You know, some of it is popsicle sticks and paper plates, but some of it is um, with the 3D printer and other exercises mm. are using the laptops to make things happen, to sort of tap the skills and the interest of every kid in the right. room. And so that's also expanding. We had one last year. We have two coming up this summer. Okay. Summer of 2017, there'll be one at the Herndon Library and one at the Martha Washington Library in Alexandria. Mm. Okay. So... How to, kind of a dumb question, but how do locations get chosen? Like you just mentioned, the two libraries where the, mm-hmm. the, the summer uh, maker camps are going to be. Do you try to geographically spread them around? Is it based on interest? Who's expressed interest in wanting to attend a certain program? How, how does that logistical stuff work? It's a, it's a little bit of both. Um, the most important part is library branch staff that want to do it, you mm. know, because their dedication is priceless and can't be replaced. And so... With the Girls Who Code program, we had many branches volunteer, but we were limited by the number of laptops that we had and the number of days Mm. in the week. So we started with, we're going to have just three this year, but I hope to double that to six in the spring of 2018. Um, We do, if we have multiple groups that are interested, we do try to make a geographical distribution and also to be cognizant of the socioeconomic demographics because Mm -hmm. there are parts of this country that this county, pardon me, that are very wealthy, and parts of this county that are less wealthy. And we want to distribute these opportunities as widely as we can. Okay. We're on the county conversation, and we're talking about maker events, the maker movement, and how you can get involved, and how regardless of your age, you can still learn something. And we're talking with uh, Margaret Kosich of the Fairfax County Public Library, the director of uh, technology. a lot of stuff floating through my mind, but I, I, th- I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but I want to make sure we, we cover it and really spell it out. Cost. Mm-hmm. Are there costs for these events? No. No, there is no charge for any of these programs. Okay. Um, through I, think the, you, I think you need to say that again. That's remarkable. <laughs> no, there, there is no charge for any member of the public to attend any of these programs at yeah. the public library. Not even supply costs, supply fees, anything like no, that? No, no. I think the um, it's very important to say that, Jim, and I'm, I'm grateful for an opportunity to emphasize um, through the generosity of the county, through the generosity of our library friends groups who do a lot for us and fundraise and provide us with supplies, we have committed ourselves to providing this. Um, the, you know, every once in a while it's exciting to realize that, for instance, a 3D printer runs on something called filament. You know, it's a, if you have a hot glue gun, it's like a big fancy hot glue gun. You put mm. a spool of something in it, it melts it, and then it um, takes a little computer program that you've written and melts it into the shape that you want. That's how you can make your own oh, parts okay, for a okay. dishwasher or whatever. And so, um, you know, you, when you go through a lot of filament, you don't realize it till it's gone. And then you have a wonderful moment where you're like, wow, this has been really successful. Oh, no, the only color I have is black, <laughs> for instance. So there's been some learning for us to realize how yeah. fast the supplies and consumables wow. are going to go. But um, I do have a – I wanted to mention that we have a number of things – I mentioned earlier that we had a number of things that circulate, and I want to sort of run through the laundry yeah, list yeah, yeah. so people are aware. Um, we have laptops that rotate amongst the branches um, in nice, heavy-duty, stable shipping cases. So mm. they, they do a lot of traveling, and they travel well. Um, we have Sphero robot balls. I don't know if you know what these I are. I do not. Um, it's a tiny little thing about the size of a softball, and um, essentially you connect it to your phone. You pair it with a phone or an iPad, and you can tell the 
device to do something. You can run it through an obstacle course. Um, wow. The library <laughs> recently had a booth at the Celebrate Fairfax Fair, and we were actually painting with these. We had a baby pool, oh, yeah. and we had the robot balls, and we would just give the kid an iPad and say, go ahead and paint. <laughs> We'd cover them with paint, and they'd roll right, around. Um, we do have a suite of circulating drones. So... Uh, small drones, three different sizes that kids can use for an obstacle course mm. or um, a very popular program is to have after hours, drones in the library after hours. <laughs> so young people can come and hang out and fly them all over the branch yeah, without wow. disturbing people. Um, drones are a new thing for a lot of people. It's a new, it's a new concept. Yes, yeah. um, personally, if you ever had an RC car or anything like mm -hmm. that, it's, it's very similar, just flies. Um, we have, uh, we recently have acquired some snap circuits which are tools that allow kids to learn how you, to make. You was gonna say you must have seen the look in my eyes, like what? Yes, exactly. It's a it's a tool that allows kids sort of the basics of how to make something happen using electrical circuits. And wow. again, it's got that process of okay, I want this light to go on. Well, plug in it in here didn't work. Plug in it in here didn't work. Okay, I'll try this. Hey, it worked. You know that mm. process of learning by doing hands on. Um, we also have Google Cardboards. Do you know what Google Cardboards are? No, I don't. Okay. Um, it's I, I, I just don't know anything. <laughs> no, no, no. You're in the right place. Librarians love to share what they know. Um, Google Cardboard is a, a, a cardboard sort of shell that you put around your smartphone. Okay. And then you run a program on the smartphone, and it can simulate sort of a 3D experience. If anyone listening has ever had a ViewMaster, oh, okay, it's like, yeah. do you remember ViewMaster yeah, with the, you, the slides from Disneyland or yes. whatever it was? It's like a high-tech ViewMaster, wow. and it can be very, very fun. So um, wow. I would like to emphasize the fun part of this. This yeah. isn't just all about um, dry things. It's fun things happen. There's there's laughter. Well, it reminds me of the, the TV commercial, and I won't give away the, the sponsor who it was for, but, you know, the, the little head blows off and smoke comes up. It's like my, mon my mind is blown. Just oh, that, awesome. <laughs> today with That's all my job. Yeah, That's like right. That's incredible. right. Incredible. All these things that, are, that are, have come up and are happening now, I mean, where's it going to go? Um, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned because I really see um, the library's mission as to help people learn in, in any context, mm -hmm. in any content. And I think that we have such dedicated, interested, energetic, informed staff members, and they have so many connections with the community yeah. that – I'm going to wait for them to tell me what they want right. so that I can make it happen. Well, and you mentioned the learning, and I've thought about this a couple of times during the show, and I, I, it was like when then my mind got distracted by another question. But um, all of these programs, you, you were talking about them, and I, and I was sitting there listening, especially programs that you have during summer or maybe over breaks or whatever. All of these are great ways for children, young adults, anybody really, but especially for kids who are out of school during that period to stay engaged mentally, learning, not, Very not just off at a sports camp playing and, and not learning, if right. you will. Exactly. And I think the um, the fact that it's free and that it's open to everyone makes it an opportunity. That still just blows my mind. I am, um, uh, I'm married to a Fairfax County public school school teacher, and summer slide is a very significant concern to them. Mm. And uh he actually is very generous, and he takes library programs and flyers to his classroom all the time because I think the idea of a young person choosing to be there to find out about the drones or to participate in the coding program or, or to knit or to paint, whatever it is, it does so much for them to make a choice, participate, and then walk away a little bit different. Yeah. 
um, in a different context than maybe hearing it from mom and dad or from a school teacher. We like to be, you may have heard the term third place. Public libraries like to think of themselves as the third place. You know, you have home, you have work, you have school, you have the places you have to be. Well, we're the other place. You know, and we have uh, we have free Wi-Fi at all branches. In case our you know mm-hmm. our listeners didn't know that, um, we have uh, all public PCs at all the libraries where people can use the internet for free mm-hmm. with just a library card, um, which is free. Which is free. That's right. Did I mention they were free? And um, we have um, our new director, Jessica Hudson, joined us in June of 2016, and she's brought lots of wonderful ideas with her. Um, And a couple of ideas of hers that I'm grateful to have a chance to deploy are we have a new kind of um, PC, which is called an early literacy station. Um, The acronym, forgive me, I don't know what it stands for, AWE, Early Literacy Station. They've been placed at two of our branches, at the Pohick branch and at the Woodrow Wilson branch. And this is a computer that's dedicated for children's use. Mm. Um, Has a headset, so because there's an audio component as well. And kids can sit down and learn math or languages or art or history. Those are are really great and they're very popular. Jessica has also helped us make the conceptual leap because we have our first gaming stations at a public library. Oh, when wow. the, the new Pohick Library opened in January of 2017, it was our first public library branch to open with gaming consoles that are out in the public area, and they're open for use. They're open for use when school is not in session. There you go. Um, and so, and we buy games based on what the... Um, the branch manager recommends, gotcha. you know, and they're in the public area. We have wireless headphones. We have wireless controllers. Wow. And so we have we see a very interesting mix of people playing these games sometimes. It's actually mm. a nice unanticipated benefit <laughs> is that it's not just young middle right, school right, or high right. school kids. You know, it's some grown-ups, some younger kids, some families all right. sitting there playing together and something they couldn't have done another yeah. way. Oh, so. That's cool. It is cool. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to make sure we get a telephone number or a website or some kind of resource that folks can get more information about all of the stuff we've talked about. Any Anything awesome. that's, that's piqued their interest. How can they learn more? How can they sign up, et cetera? Okay, great. Well, a couple things I want to mention. Um, our website is www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash library. Um, we're out there on all the social media platforms, so please check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Flickr. We have a blog. Um, for general questions, I encourage anybody listening to this to call me, if they'd like, at 703-324-8314. Um, I work in the Government Center, so I'd be glad to take anybody's call. Wow. Very generous offer. It's my job. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> last 15 seconds. Final thought, final word, anything we haven't talked about, just throw it back over to you. No, I think the um, there is no better place to be than the public library. I think you will find like-minded people there, whoever they are. And I don't know if you've ever heard the expression, a few years ago there was an internet company that used the tagline, use the internet to get off the internet. So I encourage people to take advantage of all our social media and all the great stuff on our website, but also to take the opportunity to take what's on those websites and come into the branch and check us out because it's a great place. Mm. And you can get uh, library locations on the uh, website if you don't happen to know where your local branch is at fairfaxcounty.gov library. All right. Margaret Kosich, thank you so much for being on the uh, County Conversation with us. And uh, like I said, my, my mind is blown with, <laughs> with technology and the library and all that's available there. So uh, thank you for sharing and encourage our listeners to take advantage. 
Thanks for having me. Absolutely. County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government. And if you need to get more Fairfax County news and event information, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the County Conversation. Thank you.